Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I have a special guest for you. I have actually somebody who's asked me a question that probably a hundred other people have asked and she graciously said, yes, you crazy guy, I will get on a Zoom interview with you and make sure you don't miss uh, the essence of the question. So let's welcome Elise to the show. How you doing, Elise? I'm doing great, it's so nice to see you. Um, and thank you so much for your incredible book. It's been very inspirational and informative, so I really appreciate it. it. Excellent, excellent. So Elise, um, you're just a fellow tech worker like I was for 25 or 30 years, and you're like, what's going on with Silicon Valley real estate, right? Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, um, it's expensive to live in the Bay Area. We all know that. And that's true of lots of major cities across the United States. And people have their primary residence, but they may also have investment properties in the same area or in other areas. And with everything that's been going on this year, there's really an ongoing conversation about uh, transitioning to more of a work from home model and that being somewhat permanent because they're realizing how sustainable it is. And so I know that some companies are looking at creating more level or compensation plans that are, that are consistent across the U S that don't account for high cost of living areas. For sure. So I wanted your input. You know, what does that mean? What does that mean if you, uh, have a primary residence or you have a rental property in a major city or in one of the suburbs. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Cause again, people watch my channel know that, you know, I, I say live where you want, but invest where it makes sense. I talk about Fresno, California all the time, but what pe- many, pe- many people may not catch is I've lived in the Silicon Valley all my life, almost, almost five decades. Uh, so I've seen it come up and uh, I actually researched the Bay area for a year way back in 2001 because my goal was always to have cash flow. So I have an, a ton of experience in the Bay Area. I think this is a very unique time for the Silicon Valley. So I certainly have my thoughts uh, and I thought we'd just dive in. And I think what we'll do is we'll separate San Francisco proper from bigger Bay Area because I think San Francisco will have some of its own challenges. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this goes for lots of major cities, right? Um, But it's particularly hitting home and what the impact is gonna be in the Bay Area because so many people work in high tech, which is a very mobile type of job. Yeah. And so I absolutely would love your opinion. (laughs) Yeah, so let's kind of break this down because it does have subtleties. And I actually think there's one thing on the horizon that nobody's thinking about now that, that could be a sort of second order impact, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So first and foremost, uh, let's talk San Francisco and what I call San Francisco. It's the Bay area vertical city, right? It's very vertical. It's New York. It's Seattle. There's, you know, a dozen of these across the country where it's clear people are tired of paying 4,200 bucks a month rent for a small two ba- two bedroom, one bath. It's they're just tired, right? Especially work from home, especially since they got to, you know, raise their at home schooling and it has to be their gym and it has to be their zoom meetings and everything else. So I think it's very clear that vertical cities that are frankly unaffordable for the average person uh, have three to seven years of pain ahead of them. If you're an owner, 
and you've always wanted to live there, I think you're going to have cheaper prices in the next two to four years. If you're a landlord, and I already know several of them, you're going to be lowering rent uh, and offering specials and, and all of those things. Um, vertical cities are out. This is kind of reverse of the Great Depression, right? In the Great Depression, people went from the farms to the big cities, and now we right. have the big cities going to the suburbs. So right. Uh, I do think San Francisco is the one city in the Bay Area that is in real, real trouble. Uh, I've read many, many articles about people leaving San Francisco and going to Tahoe of all places, right? They're skipping the rest of the Bay and right. they're going up to Tahoe, right? <laughs> and, you know, people are talking about schools up in Tahoe where they're, they used to have 12 kids. Now they have 36, right? So they're tripling and they don't have infrastructure and books. I mean, it's just a whole new thing to think about. So, uh, vertical cities are certainly in trouble, um, but that doesn't mean the rest of the Bay Area is, but I, I wanted to cover San Francisco first. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when we go back to the rest of the Bay Area, um, we're, and we're talking, you know, Palo Alto, San Mateo, San Jose, Santa Clara, Sunnyvale, Marin, you know, just all around the Bay. I think we're going to have to be careful. I think we may have seen kind of peak pricing or, or we'll be seeing peak, peak pricing pretty soon. Because I think what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the spring summer season, which was non-existent, kind of rush out and people are trying to get houses before school started, right? Right. So I do think some of the numbers in the rest of the Bay are artificially high right now because of low supply and a bidding war by the, the last folks that kind of wanted to get, it, get, get that address or that zip code for their family. Um, I think the rest of the Bay, I'm not calling for any kind of crash or anything silly like that in the Bay Area because it's still, they're not building anymore, right? But um, it is, it's, it's going to peak. I, I think the suburbs like an hour away continue to rise because they, didn't, they don't have building there. But I think, you know, San Jose, Willow Glen, Campbell, Saratoga, just other cities I'm throwing out there, pretty close to peak pricing right now because of what you're talking about demand. Right. People have right. choices now. Right. Uh, we'll go to just some of the other Silicon Valley companies like Twitter and Square. And, you know, the list goes on and on saying not only work from home until next summer, which is Facebook, Alphabet or Google and others. But they're like, no, we're done. Right. We're shutting down San Francisco offices. We're going to sublet and you guys can work from home forever. Um, so I think I think the Bay Area has seen the peak. I think we have a few more IPOs, which will unlock money where we have Airbnb, we have Palantir, you know, we have these other ones that are coming that will that will goose that final, you know, that final buying spree. But at some point, I mean, I can't believe Palo Alto's median price is 2.4 million for a 1950s built three bedroom, one bath shack. I mean, I just don't get it. It's, I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So I do think most, I think, I. I think you can't be a cash flow investor in the Bay Area, right? Like I've always wanted to be. It's never made sense. It still doesn't make sense. Unless you're going to put like 70% down, which nobody would do, right? Go buy a bond at that point. But still, you know, the owner-occupant question, I get it all the time. What should I do? And I always say, are you going to live there 10 years, right? Will you live in Campbell 10 years? If, are you going to live in, um, you know, Palo Alto or Woodside or wherever else? Are you going to live there 10 years? And if you're going to live there 10 years, you have 30-year mortgage at, you know, sub 3%, assuming you don't have a jumbo loan. It probably doesn't matter what happens. But if you're like, you know, I'm going to be here, you know, two, four, five years, oof. The transaction cost, the risk, even a 5% dip on those kind of high numbers, that, that's like real money. 
Right. Um, so I think the Bay Area, I think we've seen a peak. And, and the, one of the reasons is not only are we seeing some of the affluent choose to move, like we just talked about, hey, instead of making 200 grand, I'm just, I'm just making up numbers here. Instead of making 200 grand in the Bay, I can go to Salt Lake City or Denver and make 160. But, you know, net net, I'm still ahead. Right. right. And, and I'm an owner versus a renter. That's a big deal. I think we, I think that's going on across the board. I, I really do think, you know, the $4,000 a month renter in San Francisco, San Francisco becomes an owner somewhere else. I think it's, I think it's happening more and more and more. I feel like I'm actually out in the East Bay okay. where the prices are not as crazy as some of the numbers that you just brought up. Right. Yeah. And it's a little bit more affordable. It's a little bit more country living. Yeah. And I feel like we're a little bit insulated right now because some of the folks are not leaving San Francisco to go to Tahoe. They're just saying, get me out of the city to something yes. that's reasonable, right? So I feel like we're a little bit more protected temporarily. Yeah. And I don't know what that's gonna look like though in six months or two years. Like what would be your commute if you had to drive normal mornings from, from where you are now to the city? Is it <laughs> you like, don't wanna know. Is it 90 minutes? Is it two hours? Or? It's, um, it's 30 miles. And it is 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that, I think that's kind of, I actually think that's kind of the sweet spot because what you get with that driving is a, you're out of the, you're out of the craziness, right? Right. Um, you're not, you have, I, like I'm saying all over my channel, space is good, right? Country living, as you called it. I think right. that is highly, highly desirable. And I think it stays that way. I think you get a nice appreciation there and you also get what I think is coming in two years, right? I think this whole work from home thing, I think people are going to do it for a while, but then companies, right? We go through another downturn or whatever. It's going to be like, no, I need you here at least three days a week, or I need you here two right. days a week. And right. being, being in that 90 minute sweet spot, you know, Hey, you could go Monday or Friday, right? You know, you could not that you might like it, but you could. Right. So I think that's ideal and it gives you protection. I think the folks that are going out to like Tracy or uh, Modesto, you know, two and a half, three hours away, ooh, right. that's not a drive you'd want to do even twice a week. You know, if you had to do once a month, eh, maybe. But um, I think people are going to be surprised in two years when they're like, oh my God, my boss wants to see me for the Monday staff meetings. Oh my, you know, I got to wear pants. You know, it's, Is that <laughs> it's crazy stuff, right? Um, well, so I think our commute costs have been reduced recently, but you know, yeah. some of the upside of 2020, not yeah. spending as much on gas and toll and yeah. parking, not spending as much on dry cleaning. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things is, is yes, I love having the option and, and I think it's important to be able to go in and connect with people in an office. Mm -hmm. And even if a company gives that flexibility to be completely remote, um, so one, there's some people that can't move. I'm in yep. a situation I can't move for a few years because I have kids and, and where they are in school. Um, but one of the things is I'm thinking, gosh, in two years, if more people are working from home, maybe that 90 minutes is actually only an hour. <laughs> yeah, maybe. minutes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because 30, 30 miles is always 30 miles, right? It's, right, it's, 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 it's 30 miles, but like, if I went right now, it'd be about 40 minutes, so. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good point. And then there's one more thing coming that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is, you know, again, because I've been in the Bay a long time. I've been in technology forever. We always recycled kind of the next generation, right? Every year we'd get those college kids that come in with a new degree and, you know, all of that stuff. And it just- All the innovation. Yeah. yeah, it was a factory, right? 
I think we're losing that. And I think over the next, certainly over the next two years, we skip, we skip a generation or maybe not a full generation, but half a generation. They, those kids that normally would come, they're not going to. So they're not going to feed that bottom layer of renters, right? Some of those, you know, turn around and go home, but some of those be, are the next companies. And I think, I think the Silicon Valley is not going to be as attractive to the early entrepreneurs, which if you play it out, impacts our real estate in five to eight years because they were the next IPO buyers. They were, you know, then the, I mean, we know Facebook, right? Zuck and all his friends, they lived in a Palo Alto house with five people deep. I mean, that's a thing in the Valley, right? Right. That's not happening right now. And I think we miss a couple of years and that, that really could be a problem, you know, four to eight years from now when we're like, we turn around and go, oh, great. The next innovation was in Austin, Texas. Right. It was in Denver, Colorado. Right. I am a little bit afraid of that. Cause again, I've been in the Valley. I've seen it, right. I've lived, I've lived by houses that had five, six, seven, you know, college graduates in them as they were, you know, working 20 hours straight and living off ramen noodles. I, I, I suspect that's not happening now. And that, that could have a ripple effect in years. Okay. Let me ask you sort of a similar take on or a, a different sort of, aspect of the same question. Okay. So I was looking at just based on the age of my kids, sure. I'm sort of locked in where I am for a few years. And I was looking at, you know, in four or five years, maybe six years, keeping my residence in the Bay Area and just running it out. And yeah. now I'm starting to have a little bit of, I don't want to say anxiety, but like un uncertainty about whether or not down the road, I'm going to be able to rent it out for enough to cover the mortgage. Well, when did you, when did you buy it or when did you put your last mortgage on it? If you've done a re cause I, I know what the Bay area costs. When, when was that? We, you saw what the interest rates look like right yeah. now. So you, I refied, I refied okay, yesterday. Yeah, so. awesome. But, but <laughs> did you just refi rate in term or did you take money out? I did not take money out. No. Okay, good. So when did you put the balance, right? When was that? Um, so most recently, um, about five years ago. Okay. So you, so, okay. I so have you, some, I have some yeah. equity in the house. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Um, so what I think is, again, I think the East Bay, I think the Bay area will always have enough population because we never build anything, right? There's not, there's not a hundred units going up in some new community. It doesn't, we don't have dirt. We're not Texas, right? We're right. not even Sacramento, right? We don't have the ability to go, oh, let's just throw another thousand houses over there. Um, so that's, oh, you know, they're not making any more dirt. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's always going to be advantageous. I don't see, yeah, four or five years from now, I would think rent, I think rents are going to be flat. That's And that's pretty surprising, right? Okay. So if you could rent it today and be profitable, I think you're okay in four or five years. Again, okay. I don't think most of the Bay sees much of a dip. I just think, you know, people... People in the Bay are, get, are spoiled, right? Oh, I'm glad I bought my house two years ago because I've seen 12% appreciation. I'm like, that's, right, not, right. that's not normal, right? right. <laughs> that's not normal. So I think we're going to go back to average. And, and actually, I honestly think a blended average for the Bay will be under the national average, right? When you look at the national average, and Case Schiller is going to tell us on Tuesday, is 8%. I think the Bay is 2 or 3% because we've already had our run. Uh, but right. that you know, I don't see it falling. I, we just don't have enough real estate, right? It's just, right. it's still here. There are things that could change that if our uh, tax structure changed, right? right. It, you know, there are some things that our, our government could do to um, keep incenting people to leave, right. right? The millionaire tax that they talked about in San Francisco, 
Gavin Newsom talking about raising taxes on millionaires. There are things that if enough of it happened, would we, the rich would leave, which would mean the middle class, you and I get stuck with the bill. And if he had to raise taxes on us, that could be a problem. Okay. Um, so we'll have to watch that. And again, that's, you know, that's not out of the question. That's so this is, this is sort of taking it to the next level. Okay. One of the things, and you, this just, uh, you're quite, you bringing up taxes made me think of this. One of the things is because of the housing shortage in yep. the Bay area and in lots of parts of California, they've reduced the permit fees and made it significantly easier to build an accessory dwelling unit. Yeah, to build ADUs, yeah. Unit. yeah. So to build a second unit, even with pre prepackaged plans, they're sort of expediting things through to really encourage people to maximize the space they have yep. and create a rental property. And so that was one of the things I was looking at, but to do that, I'd have to take out a loan to be able to build that accessory dwelling unit. I don't have that money sitting around. I, I have it in some equity. And so that's another thing where I'm looking at, do I build an accessory dwelling unit at a time when it's borrowing money is really great yep. um, and the fees and permits and the process is significantly easier. And at the same time, by the time it's finished, I don't know if the rent's going to be able to sustain yeah. the cost it took to build. So what do you think there? Yeah. So first off, what California wide did in ADUs for 2020 was a genius move. Right. It was it was approved. It happened on January 1st. I'm even looking at adding ADUs in Fresno of all places. Right. Because, it, again, it's any it's a single family home thing. Right. So it's good for all of us. Um, I do think 2020 smacked us all in the face and, yeah. and, and really said, in lots of ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hold on now. Um, I, I like the idea. I don't think I would rush out and commit. I don't want more debt right now. I think I think okay. we've got. I really do think we've got more pain to go. Um, and it, it could be some pretty bad pain. And I'm talking six months. I don't, I don't see this going longer. I think we get to the other side of this. Either we have a vaccine or treatments that take death off the table. And, and you know, we, we get back to somewhat building a normal life. But I am personally not signing up for any new debt, even if it's income debt right now, right? I wouldn't take a second. I wouldn't do a home equity line. Um, I wouldn't add more. I'm still buying stuff, but I'm buying stuff cash. Okay. Right? I'm making sure I have security and maybe I'll refight later. Maybe I won't because debt's not going to go up. Right. You can okay. get a I dream of following in your footsteps, by the way, but I don't have that cash. So, so the, the really low attractive interest rates were what were drawing me to it. Because yeah, but I don't think that's going away. I think they'll be there in six months. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, so you think, yeah. um, and I, you know, years ago, my first property, I remember being excited to get 7%. Yeah, me too. That was, that was incredible. I was like, oh, you know, I got 7%. Whoop, whoop. And um, that was way back in the day. And then just over time, we've seen things. And it, it just seems so affordable to be able to borrow right now. Yeah. And at the same time, it's still a chunk of money. And you yeah. owe a chunk of money. And so, um, so thank you for that. That's really helpful. So even though the interest rates are really low, yep and there's potential income from it, and you think it's gonna somewhat stabilize, especially for things that are surrounding the suburbs around yep. the big cities, you don't think it's worth, at this time, taking on the additional risk or debt? No, I um, would, and again, just you know, just all of it, right? The risk, debt, we don't know what's going on in the economy, the election, also winter's coming, right? And you, know, you right. and I know we don't have wet, we don't have cold and uh, hot or whatever, but we have wet and dry. I don't know that I'd wanna be you know, building in our wet season, for example, um, I just, I don't see any upside in going taking a couple hundred grand building ADU today. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I think I think you know you come back, you look at April, May, 
right? Bef- I, think, I think it's a conversation for April, right around tax time. It's like, is that? <laughs> it's just a date that we all know, right? April 15th, right. right around April 15th. It's like, okay, are we healing ourselves? Is the economy healing? Like, um, is are, are Google and, and Alphabet employees being at, cause right now they're coming back June 1st, right? Are they truly coming back or they've been you know, told to leave forever? Just is the country coming back first, right? Are we healing ourselves? Uh, is commerce back up? Then is the Silicon Valley, right? Cause you gotta remember the Silicon Valley, the tech worker, has escaped most of this downturn almost unscathed, right? We can work from home. We're actually traveling less, right? You, you know, I had to travel. I was on an airplane three days a week. Right. My peers that I talked to are like, dude, I haven't seen the airport in three months. What are you talking about? Right? I know I'm losing my mileage status and like <laughs> what happened? Look at my house. Cause I used to be on the road five days a week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so um, we've got to be careful because if the economy and why why I would tell you not to do it now, because one of the outcomes, I don't think it's likely, but it is possible is, you know, we get into this double dip recession uh, where companies that we sell stuff to, you know, universities and financials and other, you know, other retailers, they're like, nope, we're not buying any new tech. We're going to live with what we got for a year, right? We're, we're going to recycle right. the old stuff. And if that happens, then all the tech employees and sales folks and all of that, they don't hit quotas. And then they, you know, if you're not hitting your revenue numbers then you got to cut, you got to cut costs. What's the biggest cost in tech? It's people. I mean, one of the outcomes is that, and, and I might be a little burned because one of the things I did in my career when I was second level is I had to cut hundreds of people in a downturn once. Not fun. Not fun. Absolutely. Um, so I see that as, again, possible, not likely, but possible. So I really wouldn't be signing up for extra debt today. Okay. Uh, not world. today, but you're encouraging me to sort of reevaluate and see once we've gotten through maybe 2020. Oh, for sure, 2020. Through the elections, through the flu season. Yes. We put interest and sort of reevaluate and see what the, the long-term yeah. sustainable work from home policies yeah. are sort of looking like. Exactly. It might make sense at that time. Yeah, because I think the ADU is a genius idea. I think it is a way yeah. that, that most, most folks in the Valley could actually gr- create cash flow, right? You can That's stick horrible. up... Yeah, you can stick up a little two-bedroom, one-bath mother-in-law unit or one-one in the back. I mean, here you get crazy rents. It'll cover the debt and then some. Uh, and oh, by the way, it'll increase the value of the asset. So it's, it's a huge win. It's just 2020 got in the way. Right, right. Okay. Well, thank you. You know, I really um, say thank you so much. It was such a pleasure working with you. I love what you have done and... Um, how you have transitioned into just being such a voice of great information on how to create income in the real estate market. So thank you for everything. It's great to see you, even yes. if it's virtually again. Thank you. And um, thanks so much for just all the, the incredible feedback and information. I'm going to take your guidance. Thank you, so, Elisa. Awesome. I, I have, enjoy the rest of Sunday. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I appreciate you saying yes to my crazy idea. Absolutely. Only for you. Only for you. So thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.